<laughs> oh god. All right. Well, let's start when you're ready. <laughs> I got all the the clears out here. Well, let me put myself oh, on the silent here too. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's see. Do, 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 do. John Calipari lures a kid to, for a visual visit, and I'll say like as the one who'll be like, but not in a creepy way. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> oh God! All right, let's go. All right, five second pause. Oh yeah, you're driving no. the show. I forgot cutting the net. The Cut- net. Oh yeah, I actually forgot the name of our podcast. Um, <laughs> do you like that your name is my bearded friend Blake on this thing? Yes, that's good. Um, it's a very accurate. So you have the hair, I have the beard. That's what we do here. So. Yeah, I mean, that's really our gimmick. It's not even talking about basketball. It's uh, our hair. Yeah, like, people don't realize we know nothing about basketball. We're just here because we have quality hair on our head and face. Yes, yeah, so. so we're both way underpaid college basketball writers that get to do it for yes. us because we have really good hair. Imagine if we had talent. Sin. We might be paid minimum wage. I'm working hard for respect in my city. I'm working hard for respect. Yeah. You think you got it, I got it for real. All right, guys, welcome back to the Cutting the Net podcast. Uh, I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Joe Nardone, and we are back for a second episode, and all 12 of our fans are back as well, um, as they are coming back just in droves, my friend, to listen to us uh, not talk about our hair because we talked about that in the first episode. Um, but for those who were not kind of scared away by that, uh, we have a lot more to offer here in our second episode. And uh, I guess uh, to start off with, uh, how's the hair doing? Um, how are you feeling now that we're only a couple weeks away from the season? Um, I know you like to, to have your, your hair in fine form uh, for tip-off. I do, I do. I recently had it cut. Um, I'm also excited to announce <laughs> that we're not we're obviously not canceled yet. The podcast isn't canceled yet. We're on yes. a we're on a ten episode run after ten episodes yep. to reevaluate us. If at least you know twelve of you listen consistently, we'll be renewed. Um, like a Netflix show, cliffhanger on the tenth yeah. episode. We're, we're gonna do a cliffhanger. Gonna, I'll die on the podcast. That's all I'll <laughs> end, and then hopefully you guys will will be yearning for more, and then they'll bring us back. But yeah, I'm getting really excited because. Uh, as we're going to talk about pretty soon, like I really loathe the off season, and there's not much to talk about outside of really narrative driven things, and there's not yeah. much actual. There, there is none actual. Like unless we want to break down Georgia versus whatever the hell team they played, um, where they actually lo- were down fifteen to three to start the game, we're not going to be like you know <laughs> breaking down that game or anything like that. We're going to get into actual basketball in fifteen days. Fifteen days from the time we're yeah. recording, and I'm pumped. And my hair looks great, and your beard looks great because we're two sexy people. Well, there you go. That sells the podcast right there. But um, for the people who are here for basketball purposes, yes, we are excited. And uh, because the season is only a couple weeks away now, um, that means polls. Uh, polls are out, and people are reacting. They're throwing things through windows. Um, they're beating their computer with a hammer. All of the stuff that comes along with preseason polls um, every single year. And that's because Ken Palm released his preseason ratings I think it was at some point this weekend. I don't know. The days run together. It was either Saturday or Sunday. Um, and then you had the AP poll come out on Monday, which we're recording on Monday. There has just been anger. There has been happiness. 
Um, it's almost as though people think that these polls are just pretty much going to tell us all we need to know about the season, and there's no reason to watch the next uh, five or six months, however long it is. Uh, Michigan State is number one in both polls. You might as well just let them uh, cutting the net down. Do you like that? We're like kind of trying to, to just give oh, a cheap oh, well. plug to ourselves within our own podcast. Um, yes, it's almost like Michigan State is already uh, cutting the net, but uh, that is not the case. Uh, I, again, so this is what we're going to talk about here. The, the polls are just something, clearly we're joking on some of this because the absurdity of some of these preseason polls. Now, I will talk about Ken Palm in a few minutes, but let's first talk about the AP poll um, because this is one that certainly probably gets the most traction because it, it's appealing to the most the casual fan, whereas Ken Palm is probably more for the the hardcore people like us who, who go into the numbers and all that as the season goes along. But the AP poll in and of itself, I say this every single year, it is one of the most meaningless things that exists in sports because – it legitimately means nothing. And I just want to make sure everyone is aware of that. Um, just like preseason power rankings. We all do our preseason power rankings, uh, you know, in certain conferences, whether it's for the country. It doesn't matter. They don't mean anything. <laughs> they're just people's opinion. And I wish more people would understand that and not get so upset uh, when their team is not ranked in the top 25 to start the season. I am 100% with you. Like, I literally did a top five freshman polls for Forbes today. And it doesn't mean that's actually the five best freshmen in the country. It is. Are you I, sure? Yeah, I, I'm pretty positive. If I had more confidence, I would have plugged it more than once. Um, but you know, like, it's there's two ways you can look at this, right? Like the way I think most sane people view it, which is like there's football people voting on this. There's guys that do not have time to follow these schools all the time. I yeah. doubt the guy that's covering, you know, the Memphis beat, like Drew Hill, for example. That's his real name, by the way. They're gonna guy covers the memphis beat his name is drew hill um like cisco um but like i doubt he has time to follow you know gonzaga basketball right if 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 fans could understand that i think they wouldn't get so mad about it but it is absurd like the the idea that this poll is going to represent anything at the end of the season is silly michigan state's top team they just lost in a secret scrimmage by 21 points to gonzaga like, obviously, nobody has any real idea. I guess the best thing you could do, like, for a fan, and even us, right? Like, I was saying to you off-air before we started, like, I don't know for sure who's good after the first couple teams. Like, it's, I guess, at best, maybe, like, a casual guide to who might be good. Right. But, like, we, like you look at the others receiving votes. Like, some of the teams getting votes and the other receiving votes are not, you know, even top 60 teams, while others are, like, Probably top twenty-five teams that are getting like both of us are high on Alabama. They only got two yeah. two other votes, which means they could also only been voted like twenty-four once. So it's just weird, and it's like it's I don't want to call it stupid, even though it is stupid. It's just not something to get up in arms about because, like you mentioned, you made the yeah. great analogy before. It's like a power ranking. If somebody does, it's subjective, and yeah. the only issue with this power, like let's call the AP poll a power ranking because that's what it is. The only difference between that power ranking and, say, like Rob Dosters from NBC or whoever else is this AP poll is slightly less educated than most other power yeah. rankings because you're asking a lot of guys, like I, I got like a TV producer from WYLN Nebraska, to be telling you about Georgetown, which isn't realistic. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like, there are good, there are people. And when you go through this, which you can look at the voters' lists and all that. 
Um, you know, like Rob, Rob, someone who votes in this, like Dick Vitale votes in this, Seth Davis votes in this. Um, there are guys that, that make up, you know, basketball guys that everyone knows uh, that vote in this thing. But like you said, you can't ask some of these guys who are working at these local papers wherever, um, you know, who are probably covering football right now and doing a lot of other stuff. It's like, can you really – they don't have the time to go through and know everything about all of these different teams and, and maybe do it, you know, the best way possible. So uh, it's not a knock on them. It's just a knock on the process itself and the poll itself because, again, it's not possible. And We were laughing about this on our first episode. People, we don't have, you know, 600 hours a day to go through and watch every single basketball team in the country. Um, so I think that's just something to keep in mind, man, because this this poll stuff, and we know we're in the social media era. I mean, it's people love to react to stuff. People love to, to do rankings and polls and all this different stuff. Uh, we know how it is. We want the clicks, and you know what? That's what people like to click on is rankings and polls and all that stuff. But it's, you know, we're, we're going by paper here, and on paper, this is kind of, yeah, on paper, I could look and tell you Michigan State's probably the number one team in the country, but I could also tell you that, like you said, Alabama's the team that only got two votes. I mean, Harvard, I mean, Harvard got 24 votes. I could put to Harvard in my top 25 and feel pretty good about it, so it's like, who knows, man? It's just that there, there's so many data points that we still have to get throughout the season uh, to where no one should be going crazy about this stuff because, it's just a, a random poll to start the year, and I, I see I see way too many people that get upset about this, and and you know they get on social media and they start calling people stupid and idiots and all that. That's not really the case. It's just that no one has possibly been able to track every single college basketball team this summer, and until the games start being played, uh, that ranking really doesn't mean a whole lot. And you know what? Even once the games start, uh, it's probably going to take us a month or so to really get a feel for who the really good teams are and maybe who the teams that, that are going to disappoint. Well, it's always funny, right? Like by February, we'll have a good idea who the best twenty-five teams in the country are. Then yes. we'll be we'll be complaining about the bubble. We'll be like, "Well, I don't know how the bubble right. works yet. It's only February." Um, but like, it's it's silly. Like the AAC media days, they had Houston. Like the coaches voted Houston as the best team. They're outside the top twenty-five with eleven votes, but Memphis is fourteenth yeah. in the country. Like it's right. because even those like the like the media day votes, like when they do the preseason awards. Like, you, you talk to coaches, a lot of them believe it's politics or whatever, you know. You'll yeah. always see the thing, like, um, they do this with football more so than basketball. Like, what coach would you want your player to play for the most? And they always pick, like, the coach that loses all the time. Because they, <laughs> right. they want to give it to the guy that doesn't threaten their job security. But it's – and we're to get more to this with the Ken Palm thing. But, like, a lot of this stuff, because some of, like, we always expect, you know, the five-star freshmen to have such an impact – we're like taking so many guesses here, like Memphis, Louisville, yeah. Duke to a degree, other like almost every every major program here. We're just taking guesses that you know because they have five stars attached to the to their name coming out of high school that they're going to make an impact. That's obviously not always true. Same with Polish, like oh this guy only had four or three stars. Well, it doesn't mean like he's not going to be better than that. So we're just it's a lot of like yeah. throwing darts in the uh, dark and hoping you're hitting close to a bullseye. <laughs> but you know more often than not, like. We'll go back. We could. We we won't. But at the end of the year, we could go do a podcast. Go back to this top twenty-five, and obviously, it's going to look way different. Yeah, we're bookmarking it. We're taking screenshots right now because we're going to go back and and we're going to call everyone out. Uh, yeah, especially you, you people any of these that spots. Voted, <laughs> especially you people that didn't vote Alabama in the top twenty-five. 
There you go. We're going to go 1 through 25. We're going to tag everyone on each individual team and let everyone know where each team finished at the end of the season just to show you um, our disdain for the, uh, the AP poll. But, Can I say I'm legitimately uh, you know, shocked that Washington didn't get in the top 25, though? Like, I know I just did this whole thing. Don't all right, let's go 30 minutes on why this team should have been ranked. <laughs> no, no, but I agree with you. Washington, we, we, I think, you know, that's a team. And, you know, I mean, Mike Hopkins, everyone knows this guy can coach. I mean, he's – He's someone, obviously, was at Syracuse and and now at Washington, and and you look at that team they have. I mean, man, they've got some talent, and I, yeah, I mean, you could certainly put them in there ahead of uh, some of those other teams, maybe in that that last part or wherever. Like it doesn't even matter. Put them anywhere. Um, but yeah, I could see that. And look, I mean, the Pac-12, man, on the rise. You got Colorado right behind them. We, we've been talking about the Pac-12 struggles in recent years. Maybe the the Pac-12 is back. Maybe not yet, um, but like it's just weird. Like, <laughs> like I just I, now I'm gonna be the guy. I'm 100. I admit to being the guy I just complain about. So Arizona got two freshmen going to a team that was like eh, and Washington is bringing three five star freshmen to a team that's returning a bunch of dudes that were also good, and somehow Arizona's supposed to be better. I do not understand. Arizona won 17 games last year. Like how the freshman thing. But the thing yeah. is, Washington has three of them. Arizona only has two. Like, so, yeah, did, you brought up a good point about the freshmen is we live in this era where it's like it's about the stars right and you know it's like we just assume that all these guys are going to fit in and work out perfectly because they're five stars or high four stars or whatever um but as we know it doesn't always happen and just for an example like we, we talked about alabama a minute ago i mean javon quinterly he goes to villanova and we're all thinking, you know, this guy is just going to be a complete – and it, it just wasn't a great fit. Like, it wasn't a fit for either party. And so now he's at Alabama, may get a waiver, may not. But it's just – I mean, yeah, like situations like that, you just don't know. And so this building the chemistry with the freshman – what was it? Like, Anthony Edwards of Georgia, we've talked about him. I mean, he is probably the potential number one pick in the NBA draft next year. But do we know that Anthony Edwards is going to score 25 a game at Georgia and that Georgia's going to go to the NCAA tournament just because Anthony Edwards is on the team? We have no idea. I mean, it's the same situation with, like, Ben Simmons at LSU. So there, there's so many different things that go into this. Like, the freshman thing is always fascinating to me, and, and that's why we don't know on these teams yet because these teams who do bring back a lot more, you know, we don't have to worry maybe about that chemistry. But when you add all these freshmen in, it's certainly – the grad transfers and just transfers in general, which we could spend hours on, um, that affects the chemistry too. So it's, it's so hard to know, man. That's why I said this preseason ranking stuff is silly and people just need to take it for what it's worth. It's entertainment, man. It's it's not anything more than that. No, that, that's the main thing, right? You have to take it as entertainment. Because like last year, another example, Indiana, Romeo Langford, right? Everybody thought they'd be pretty good. Yes. They were awful, like one of the worst teams, like worst you know, supposedly good pro. I don't want to say so. they're a good program, or they have been in the past. Yeah, that were awful. Like you know, they they were basically DePaul. So, but they had one of the best <laughs> players in the country, like an NBA level player. Everybody thought, and we were all wrong. Like I put myself into it because I, you know, get in the habit of buying into all the hype of these guys. Like I'm really excited for Memphis this year without having any actual proof other than the stars attached to the kids' names to be excited yeah. about Memphis. Right. Yeah, that's just the way it is. And uh, again, so for for everyone who is 
just freaking out over this uh, AP poll. And hopefully for people listening to us, uh, they understand not to freak out. Uh, but if you do, uh, in our show notes, we'll offer a, a nice little, we'll give you like different steps you can go through to understand. Um, we'll just give you like a walkthrough, a guide um, on how to not take this poll too seriously. Three steps. Um, One step, make your own poll. <laughs> Two step, don't watch, don't look at the other polls. Third step, have a <laughs> Yes, there you go. And fourth step, share it on social media and turn off notifications. Um, that's what you need to do uh, to get the most out of these preseason polls. Um, but all right, let's segue that into Ken Palm because these are different phenomenons here. Um, like I said earlier, the AP poll is a little bit different than Ken Palm because, as we know, Ken Palm uses a lot more, um, you know, different data, and there's a lot more stuff that goes along with it. And you're talking about someone who – you know, is so so well respected in college basketball, and someone who is putting the hours into this. And and you know, if there is someone that has a good handle on teams from a data standpoint, it's certainly uh, Ken Pomeroy. Um, so th- this is another thing where, and you can compare, like go through, you compare the different polls. You're going to see differences, uh, which is going to be the case in any different polls you compare. But like we said, Ken Palm is a little bit different uh, because it does use sort of this advanced data and you've got efficiency evolved and strength is like, there's just so many different things. Strength of schedule goes into it, all the different stuff. Um, Michigan state, like we said, number one in that one too. But I guess, Here's my question for you, because we all use Ken Palm differently. How do you view Ken Palm at the beginning of the season? Because I think I may have said it earlier. To me, it's not the AP poll to that extent, but it is one where we do have all this data and it's a good projection of maybe what we're going to see. But it's still something that kind of references a lot of data from last year versus what we know from this year because the season hasn't even started yet. Yeah, so, like, all right, let me preface that by saying, like, I obviously like it for the most part, and I understand why people like it, because what I'm about to say is going to get people <laughs> mad. Um, the data is slightly corrupt because it's using numbers from a team that doesn't exist anymore, like the previous season's yeah. team. Then it's trying to factor in, which it can't, and he admit Ken Pond obviously admits this, the freshman thing, which is a variable. Then he tries to do yeah. an adjustment efficiency thing the best he can, right? So you admit yeah. up, and he admits it. Like up front, it's a flawed, corrupted data thing. So how I use it is not much at all, other than to look at it and then track it as the season goes to see how it matches up or if it doesn't match up. And the weird thing is, I I, I do not like how we treat it as a bible to start the season. I think it's yeah. a great tool. Two months in the season, two and a half months in the season, then especially obviously when the season's over. To look back, it's. I really think it should be used as a look back tool, as opposed to a look forward tool, because it's based off data. And right now, on October twenty first, we have zero data of the 2019-20 college basketball season, and that's why I yeah. laugh when people go so hard. Like I will one hundred percent before the season tips use some Ken Palm data to make a point. Yeah. For, but I, I I laugh when people use it like it's gospel, and it's yeah. not. It's very. It's better than the AP poll because at least there's something to back it up other than what Joe from Hoboken thinks. You know what I mean? But <laughs> it's – I get nervous because this is why people get anti-analytics because we – because I don't want to say we or a huge group of us. But, like, there's a decent side of the media people that rely on, rely on it as a crutch to tell a story without, like, ever mentioning all the corruptness in the data they're using. 
I see, and here's what I'll say is you said it like it, it fun, like fun and entertainment. That's what I would take it as, like to start the season, like you said. I'll use some of this data too, because some of it's very interesting. Um, but just just go through and look at like you already see people talking about like the season record projections and all this other stuff. How could we possibly know, think, know that Michigan State's going to finish 24-5 and five this season? Like, the season hasn't even started, and there, there's no way but let you see people, like, reading into some of these types of projections. I would say it's just like anything else. Take take from it the preseason edition. Like, you, once the season actually starts, I'll be all over this thing, and I love it. And like you said, it's a lot better because we have it more as a – what we are we have data from this new season versus – compiling the data from recent seasons because you have freshmen you have coaching changes you have all this different stuff um but once we get that far into it go into that but for now like you have to just sort of pick out what you understand is the most important elements um of these preseason projections and this is another one where everyone loves Kim Palm. i love it i use it every day once the season starts um and that's probably not a joke but it's like Again, let's understand that there is no data on the 2019-20 college basketball season yet, uh, unless it's already started playing on another planet somewhere. Uh, but at least on this planet Earth, there there is no data yet for this. Um, so it's nothing more than, again, advanced numbers, um, metrics that are really fun to look at. And I've spent a lot of time already looking at this stuff, um, like going into different conferences, seeing what the projection is for like conference records and all that stuff. But I, yet I know they don't really mean anything. It's just sort of a – it gives me a, a chance to look ahead and to say, okay, well, I see where these this particular set of data is slotting these teams. Um, how does that compare to what I think, what, what my opinion is? Because – you know, look, man, sports fans, we know. I hate to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reveal something on the podcast here. I almost feel like we need a sound effect for this. But in case people didn't understand, sports fans can be a little biased sometimes. And everyone thinks that their team is number one. And everyone thinks their team is going to finish at the top. As we know, that's not the case. So take projections for what they are. Use your own data. Compare it to other data, like you said, and go from there. Let's not just make it the end all be all all the time. Doink! That's your that's your sound effect. Well, just, just <laughs> to give an ex, just to give an example, right? So, like, when because I don't want people to be like, "Well, how do you like?" I know I went a little hard on the corrupted data thing, but just as an example, like Memphis is at fifty, Washington's at fifty-two, TCU is at forty-six. TCU is projected by Sports Illustrated, uh, Blue Ribbon to yeah, be the Blue last place, yeah. to be the last place team in the Big Twelve. Um, right now, Ken Palm's out. He's like you. You don't yell at him for this either. Like, if you disagree with it, like, it's just compiled yes. information. Like, he's not ranking these teams. Right. <laughs> yes. it's, not, it's not like I'm going to go tweet at Ken Palm and be like, how dare you rank TCU at 46? But, like, that's it's just a highlight of how these numbers, and he tries to adjust it, right? He has the adjusted, I yeah. forget, adjusted efficiency margin and a couple other things. Yeah. But, like, it's just, it's entertainment. It's a guide. Yes. Um, I just say, like, be wary. Like, fan of college basketball like i don't know i'm sure there might be one or two media guys listening to this thanks for listening media guys but like fans of college basketball if you read something and that's really reliant upon ken palm right now be a little wary of it because the chances are if they're relying on that much they have no idea what they're talking about because that even this doesn't know what it's talking about the actual data because it's not Right. right Well, it's like Davidson. Davidson's 61, 
Like I think Davidson's a top twenty-five for sure team to start the season, and they're they're sixty-one. They've so Alabama like, at seventy would, again. Well, see, and there you go. And and I think Alabama's projected record is like fourteen and fifteen. If if Alabama's record is fourteen and fifteen, there's gonna be a lot of mad people. <laughs> um, but but that's like you know again, look at Davidson, look at teams like that who are legitimately you know potential top twenty-five type of teams. And I'm gonna go back um, to to my Ivy League people here, but like I'm scrolling down trying to find Harvard. I know they're in here somewhere, but it's like. Yeah, Harvard's 75, and, like, Harvard is a potential top 25 type of team in my eyes. And, again, there you go. Like, in my opinion, they are. But that's what we're saying. So don't read too much into it uh, with all this stuff. And I know most people listening to this probably don't. If you're listening to our podcast, you're probably a hardcore type of college basketball fan. You're probably not here for hair products or anything like that, which will be our eventual sponsors on the show. Um, but, you know, it just just keep that in mind. So, yeah, we, we've done our reigning on this, and uh, I think we've made our point clear. Boo, Ken Pommy is the Paul over Vermont. <laughs> Has he not watched Anthony Lamb play? Him and his dick. There you go. Oh, here we go. I knew that was coming. I should have looked up Vermont early because I knew um, that maybe they were the team. The only we reason I found it because they controlled F Harvard to make sure to see where they're at. And they're at 75, which I think they should be ahead of Vermont, but DePaul shouldn't be ahead of Vermont. <laughs> the, fighting there you go. the fighting Richard Patinos are at 81. There you go. Everybody's going to be on Twitter looking up your replies uh, to uh, to Ken Palm now. Uh, it's going to be great to see. Well, you. I'm going to be quote gonna, tweeting him. For I'm him. not going to be saying anything about Ken Palm because I think I do think overall it's a good thing. I just think people that use it as a bible, like it's like as if he's literally predicting, or is not him. His date is literally predicting the season, and we can use it as anything other than like a oh this is neat type of thing. It's silly. Like I see, it's. I mean, you'll see it on college basketball Twitter all the time, where guys will just yeah. throw out numbers without context, and you're like, "Those are great numbers for something that doesn't exist yet." Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah. it's just, it'd be like, it'd be like me literally on this podcast just making up numbers and being like, "Yeah, yeah my uh, Joe Palm, Joe Nard, <laughs> my Joe Nard numbers has uh, Vermont at an adjusted efficiency of 97, making them the number one ranked team in the country." Well, why? Well, here's yeah. another 25 numbers you don't understand. Go use it in the column. Do you know what uh, I mean? Like, Ken, Ken, yeah, Ken Palm's a lot smarter than I am. I'll say that. He's, well, uh, he is. That's, what, he, that's the best part. He could be making all this shit up. I have no idea. Yeah, right. <laughs> he, he's, he's the best part of, like, he's one of the best parts of college basketball, period. Um, there, there's no doubt because uh, it's, yeah, he's great. And, and, again, we're just, we're giving you all this love, man. We just go out. Get Ken Palm. If you don't have it, trust me, you'll use it every day um, like we do. I don't even care if you don't, if you're not a writer, who cares? Just go get it because it's fun. Um, and it's, uh, it gives you a really good kind of idea on college basketball. I like looking at the, um, like the, what is it? It's the, uh, the fan match thing where it predicts like the most exciting games and all that stuff. I love that. That's oh, awesome. that's good. That's great. Um, that's a great yeah, guy, but... like, especially to see what games you want to watch. But I do think, like, as much as, like, and I'm jokingly railing against the Ken Palm thing, right? Right. Like, I'm not <laughs> that against it. I do, like, I meant most of the things I said, but I'm being hyperbolic with it. But we do need yes. that information because you also have that AP thing, which we railed again. And then the middle grounds yeah. where the fun is, right? Where you take some of the analytics yeah. and you take some of the eyeball test and you meet somewhere in the middle. And then we all say, actually, James Wise is really good at basketball. You know what I mean? Like something like yeah, that. Like right. it's not all of one and none of the other. It's always in the middle. That's why I get like, I get nervous when we t- like when we talk about Ken Palm or we talk about the AP poll because I never want to be viewed as the anti-narrative guy or the anti-stats yeah. guy. I like both. I just get nervous when people go really hard against one or the other 
because you really need both. And then that's why people start hating analytics guys because all they do is analytics. Well, because you do a little something other than the analytics. And they're like, no, numbers. And then when you go <laughs> to the narrative guy and you're like, hey, could you use some of the numbers? They're like, no, my eyeballs. And you're like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> use both. Like, just use both. It makes it, all information's good information. Use it all. Like, nobody ever goes well, like, like I'm sorry, real quick. Nobody ever goes to buy a house and the inspector goes, I have some information for you. And you go, nope, don't need it. Here's $80,000. I'm buying the house. You're going to take the like, information. Like, I'll take it. Yeah, take the information. Well, here's another plug. Like, it's, it's a perfect segue because, you know, I wrote the story on Buzz Williams who said at SEC Media Day, I wrote this on Monday. So whenever you're listening to this, go back to clutchpoints.com, check out the, the story. He was talking about, he said, look, it's a delicate balance, like even for coaches when they use analytics, like in any sort of basketball sense. Um, he's like, it's a balance between the numbers and my eyes. And that's the same thing with the stuff we're talking about with these preseason polls, with all this advanced data. Uh, that's what it is. It's all about kind of that that part of the process, and you have to use both. Um, and let's be honest, we're just compiling all this information so we can all hate on the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee whenever March rolls around. Like, that's all we're doing. That's what this whole season is about. We're all just building up so we can pile on the NCAA once we get to the tournament selection process. Like, that's what we're here to do. That's why this podcast exists. <laughs> So when they do the number thing and they don't understand the numbers like we don't understand the numbers, you can be like, how dare you not understand the numbers? And they have to, yes. they have, they have to worry about – listen, I'm not going to defend the NCAA com, like, completely here. But they have to worry about things we don't have to worry about, like logistics. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. This team lives like, 7,000 miles away yes. from where we want them to play. Probably not a great idea. Or, you know, we can't keep playing. We're not going to have a seven seed uh, hosting, uh, you know, the region or anything, which I think has happened before. So, yes. It's it's more (laughs) difficult than we make it seem like when Selection Sunday rolls around. We're like, how dare this team be the three seed? Because otherwise they'd be the two seed in their home state. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's very very complicated. Like, it's all, it's all very, (laughs) it's, it's also funny because like we act like we really care about like the bubble teams and like. If you're a fan of that team, obviously you do. But, like, the odds of the bubble team making that, and I know it's happened before, Tennessee fans. Right. I know, Jarnell Stokes, I know. But, like, the <laughs> bubble team making a deep, deep run is so unlikely. Like, the people you should really only care about are the teams that you think have championship aspirations. Um, yeah. But it's all part of entertainment, right? Like, it all circles yes. back to the same thing where all these things, like power rankings, AP poll, Ken Pop, <laughs> Selection Sunday, it's a TV show, it's entertainment, it's... Yep. The same it's why we love, love it, man. Right, yeah, right. It's, it's drama. It's exactly. Instead of yes, TNT, me, TNT, what's their slogan? We like drama or we have all the drama? Yeah. That, it's we, the yeah, same thing with college basketball. Yeah, some crappy slogan. And we have the same <laughs> thing for college basketball. Like, we don't have the best on-the-court product. You know what I mean? Through 350 dudes. Yeah. Like, have you ever watched Fordham play? <laughs> I have. It's awful. But, like, I watch it anyway because there's drama involved. Um, and that's why we like basketball. It's fun and it's it's supposed to be entertainment. Like I, it's funny that you mentioned your Buzz Williams piece. My piece today, I was talking about the top five freshmen, and I talked about yep. Scotty Lewis from uh, Florida. I'm like, listen, he's not perfect. He can't shoot. He, his basketball, IQ, he needs more experience. I don't want to say his basketball IQ is low because it's not fair to call say that for a freshman. He just needs experience. But like, he can't shoot. He's gonna have d- issues defensively. He should be able to guard man on man well, but he could jump out of the gym. And he's going to be fun. Yeah. And that's the whole point of watching basketball. So if you want to have fun, go watch him play. If you want to get mad about watching basketball, <laughs> watch him play basketball and analyze his game. But, like, you don't have yeah. to do that. You don't have – unless you're an NBA scout, you don't have to look at Scotty Lewis any other way than him jumping over people, which he'll be doing. Or Isaiah Washington <laughs> for Washington. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, right. 
That's why I'm not an NBA scout because I wouldn't enjoy the game. Like no, I'd be too busy. You imagine like, like, last year going, <laughs> yeah. oh, Taco Fall. He doesn't have a great <laughs> baseline move. No, you should be like Taco Fall. He's seven six and he's fun. Or Chris Clemens. Uh, like you want to watch Chris Clemens play yeah. and be like, oh, this really fun volume shooting guard. Let me see how he is. Instead of going, oh man, his first step's really slow. I don't know. You can just be like, oh dude, he just made eight of ten threes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just that, that's that that Zion guy. Maybe a generational talent, but let me tell you, his jump shot sucks. I'm worried um, about his injuries. Yeah, so, I'm worried about like, his injuries. Yeah, Oh, gosh. See, it's stuff like that. But like we said, I mean, I know those people have jobs to do, but that's why I don't do those jobs. Because, like you said, the game's about fun. And uh, we've somehow spent 20-something minutes talking about uh, preseason polls when we said we don't like them. Um, So don't read anything into that. We're just going to wing it here on the last part. Um, And we're going to go rapid fire because I'm going to hit you with some questions that you do not even know are coming. Um, So that's that's what makes this podcast fun. Like, again, cliffhangers and really just like this is live, folks. We We are on live programming here. And uh, this is what we do. Uh, all right, so we're talking about fun with college basketball. So let's have a little fun with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you do a stroll down memory lane here because I've had this discussion with some people in the off season because again, there's not a whole lot to talk about except for recruiting, and everyone likes to have their conversations about just their fandom in college basketball. All right, I'm putting you on the spot, and you you can name more than one if you need to, but I'd really like you to name one here. Your favorite player, college basketball player. So obviously it has nothing to do with what they did in the NBA or anything like that. The trajectory of their career doesn't even matter. The, the best, not the best player, the most entertaining player you've watched or your favorite player you've ever watched in the sphere of college basketball. All right, so I have two answers, if that's okay. The okay. first one, the first okay. one's 100% sentimental. First, um, first college basketball game that I went to that I can remember my father and I went to see St. John's and Duke play at Madison Square Garden when Bootsy Thornton Ooh. scored 40 points in double overtime. Yes. Um, I was 15 or 16 years old. We bought cheap seats. My father kept sneaking us up closer to courtside. We got, like, one thing beside, like behind courtside. Like, we somehow met. Nobody said a <laughs> word to us. The garden was electric that night. Um, Bootsy Thornton had the, like listen St. John's lost but Bootsy Thornton had the game of his life I can't even yep. remember most of that game outside of Bootsy Thornton and the crowd um, so and Bootsy Thornton will forever hold us it was a special night for me like as a son and just going to Madison Square Garden I'm not from New York I'm from Pennsylvania it was a big deal for me at 15 16 years old so Bootsy Thornton's up there um, the other guy I actually just talked about him on Twitter the other day because I know everybody follows me on Twitter um, is Eddie Jones, who's my, like, yes. of, of all levels of basketball, he is my, and it's funny how I try to, like, how how this happened. He's my favorite player of all time, of any level. Um, it was, I caught, I was old enough to cut, have caught the end of Magic Johnson's career with the Lakers, but also old enough to catch the beginning of Eddie Jones's at Temple. Um, got to see the Eddie Jones holding back John Chaney from John Calipari thing. Um, <laughs> got to see him go to the Lakers. The, the I don't think people remember. Like, there's that high, highlight reel going out now. Maybe I'll put it in the post of this podcast where you could see it. Like, I, I even forgot how great of an athlete he was. I remember how good he was yeah. defensively, how well-rounded of a player he was, like how he could shoot a little bit from outside. Yeah, I think he was like a 36% three-point shooter. Like how he was really good at like a bunch of other things. As, and for me, like as a dude growing up that was like a six-foot power forward who was not great <laughs> at anything but really like 
in this small like little area I live in, like yeah. really good at like relative to this, like really good at a lot of small things. I always like thought, oh, like Eddie Jones is kind of like me. And then I saw that clip. I'm like, no, Eddie Jones is not like me. He is a great <laughs> athlete. I was a six foot power forward. <laughs> yeah. Who do you have? Who's you your, who your favorite uh, guys? Uh, Okay, well, I'll say this first. Like, to tell you how memorable that, that Duke-St. John's game was, like, I can tell you exactly where I was watching that game. I could not tell you where I was for a lot of college basketball games I've watched, but I remember, like, sitting, I'm pretty sure at my dad's house, right in front of the TV screen. So, like, this is when, of course, you had the squares TV screen. <laughs> yeah. We don't have HD and all this. Like, we're not having flat screens. So, like, I'm sitting there on the, the floor watching this game, and I was just mesmerized. Uh, by that game because I fell in love with that St. John's team, man. And that, that was, that's probably one of the more exciting games I've probably ever watched in college basketball. It was just, it had it all. Like you said, um, you had Bootsy, you had Artes. It's just, it was, it was awesome, the la- man. It was the last way, like, I think it was the last time people looked at Duke the way they used to look at Duke as like the preppy yeah. squad. And St. John's was the the complete opposite of that, right? Like they had Ron, yeah. they had Bootsy. Um, I think they had LeVar Postel still. Like, they had the irrational confidence dudes um, all over the place. Uh, I, I can't remember. But, like, that – it was – obviously, it wasn't the Fab Five versus Duke. But, like, it was yeah. the last kind of time where you got, like, Duke preppy Duke. Because that obviously doesn't exist anymore. And then, like, okay. the opposite of them. And I feel – I don't know if it's true or not. But for me, that's the way memory remembers it is the last time that happened. All right, I'm going to give you two, but I'm going to give you the guy that just missed the cut for me. And I think a lot of people probably had this same because it was cool to go out and buy the North Carolina jerseys because they were so awesome. And, you know, you could wear them to school and you had this Carolina blue on and, man, you just you looked awesome. Like, there's no matter what. Vince Carter has to be like – he would be on my short list just because he – I don't know. I mean, again, he's someone – when we talk about just pure entertainment and fun, like there there are not many guys that have ever come through like that. And of course, when he was at North Carolina, we all saw what he was capable of and then certainly went on to do it in the NBA. But all right, my top two, and one of these is going to be very controversial because uh, he has been at the forefront on something in particular. Um, and I'm going to start with Tony Delk, though, because Tony Delk, that was those Kentucky teams where Patino was still there. And, like, we, you know, we mentioned teams that play fast now and get up and down the court. There, there are teams that play fast and get up and down the court on offense, but, like, that Kentucky team, they played fast in the way they pressed. I mean, I don't know. That was just – that was on a different level for me. And so, like, watching Tony Delk, like, orchestrate this entire thing as a Kentucky point guard with all those other great players around him, uh, he was just so fun to watch. And so he would be up there. And then the other one. Mr. Ed O'Bannon at UCLA, who, as we know, has been, you know, one of the the main kind of focal points of this whole entire deal we've been talking about for, I guess, years now. Um, You know, of course, I've even I've got the book here that whatever he wrote uh, about his battle against the NCAA and all this other stuff. I don't know. There was just something about Ed O'Bannon, man, that I was I was hooked on. Um, I love watching that guy play. Of course, that UCLA team won a national championship. Uh, he was, I don't know, him and Tony Delk are probably two of my favorites, and I could just keep going on. Like, Kerry Kittles of Villanova was awesome. Oh, that um, whole, that, but, three, that big East theory, Kittles, Allen Iverson, yes. and Ray Allen, that oh, whole, that, they all played at the same time. Think how absurd that, was that nuts. is. I remember that. Yeah. Like, you know what's also like, and I think we lose this, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if it happened to you. It has, it has it's happened to me as an adult. I don't watch them with the same 
Like we would get caught up emotionally, like he did when when you were a yeah. kid. Like I remember watching. It's like, different. Yeah, like watching Juan Dixon play. Like was like yeah a magical thing as a child. Like it was like oh my god, it's Juan Dixon. Like imagine trying to right. explain Juan Dixon to somebody now. He wasn't particularly yeah. <laughs> like he was a good college player, obviously, but he wasn't like this. He's not Kevin Durant, or he's not even Michael Beasley was in college. You know what I mean? Like it's hard to yeah. explain some dudes like that, or like. Those very random mid-major player, mid major players as your childhood, like Bryce yeah. Drew or whoever. Like, it's hard to explain these right. dudes to anybody. <laughs> like, Kyle Korver even in college. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why was Kyle Korver exactly. good? You know? I don't have that I, I wish – yeah, I know. No, it's different. And that's what I say. I, and it's, there's so many that goes along with it. Like I said, it's, it's almost like, you know, well, I guess, of course, the TV factors played a role. Because now we, we're almost spoiled to the point where we can literally watch any player at any of these power conferences every single night. Like, you couldn't do that. Like, it's just, and I feel like we're having this old man discussion here, and we're going <laughs> well, we to be telling people to get up our lawn here before soon. But, um, but yes, it is. It's so much different now. And it, it's so weird to kind of reflect on that because um, th- there were, man, so many good players that came through. And, you know, a lot of people know them from their NBA, but. When you look back at their college runs, oh gosh, there, there's a. And we could spend forever on this, but um, I thought we'd have a little fun uh, with that there. Uh, so we'll just we'll do one for this episode. We'll save some of these because we got a lot more um, here on our, our ten episode run that we have, uh, and then we'll just do like we said a nice cliffhanger. Look, uh, can I ask you episode. one question to end this? You got to ask me one. What, yeah, me. what else you got? Yeah. All right. It's not even college basketball related. If you could reboot oh, one boy. TV show in the world, what would it be? Ever reboot one oh, TV show? Oh gosh! All right, it, it doesn't you, even right, be a good one. It could be one that got canceled. Do you think it'd be done better? All right, so all right, how about this? This one's a little. It's going to take a little more thought than the college basketball one. So why don't you go first, <laughs> and I'm going to give you mine after this. Well, luckily, a lot of the shows I like that got canceled, short runs like the 4400s already getting rebooted. They're putting another Battlestar Galactica. Like, I'm a big nerd. Science fiction, horror movies, you got me. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind seeing, though, um, well, see, the thing is, the 4400 is being rebooted. That used to be my go-to answer, but they're rebooting it now for the CW. But you know what? I don't like the CW. So I want the 4400 rebooted <laughs> on Netflix or by Sam Esmiel, the guy that does Mr. Robot. That show was ahead of its time. For those that haven't watched it, it's on Netflix. It's four seasons long. It got canceled after the fourth season. It's actually like jam-packed with dudes that became stars later, like super-duper stars. Um, it came right before like people cared about comic book movies, and it has a very comic book uh, type of theme to it. And it was kind of it hasn't aged well, right? Like it had adult themes for like two thousand. Um, not so much adult. <laughs> they would be considered adult themes now, but you know, like you know, sixteen-year-old me in the year two thousand thought they were very adulty. So the forty-five hundred. <laughs> Best theme song all right. of all time, too. YouTube it. Okay. Theme song. All right. I'm going to go back to my childhood on this one, and I'm going to do this because the, the reboot is actually coming. Oh. Um, I'm not happy with it, but it's not the full cast, and so that makes me – and it's not even the main character. Teddy Ruxman. But Saved by the Bell. Oh. All right. So this is my favorite TV show ever. Okay? I'm just – I'm sorry. For anyone who's never watched Saved by the Bell, this is really showing our age here uh, because this is, of course, like early 90s, whatever. Um, I watch the show all the time. Now, of course, they're doing a reboot here, and but they're doing it without Zach. And so I don't know how I'm going to feel about that. Uh, I know Jesse and Slater are in it, but Zach is not in this. But I think the storyline is that Zach is like, I don't even know. He's some kind of government figure 
and something you know it's it's a lot more of a complicated storyline than it was in the actual Saved by the Bell you know when things weren't so complicated in the early 90s um it's a weird storyline I don't remember what it is but look man if I could just get the whole cast back and you get everybody on there I mean give me Zach with a child and uh running around you know going to to PTA meetings and all this like I'm sold man Hook, hook me up I don't like the reboot storyline. It's he's the governor of California. And That's it, the governor. And, yes, and, and and he's making poor children go to rich schools. Like I told you, it was complicated. Yeah, it, it, it's it's like an actual issue, like in the world, and they're making him be like the worst governor ever to advance whatever storyline. Uh, and come were you a Zach? Man. Moore, were you a Zach Morris or AC Slater guy? I, feel I was like a Zach guy. Yeah, so was I. I. I wanted to have his confidence, even though I had none of it as a kid. I also loved well, TV shows and movies. Like, I'm a huge Christian Slater fan, and he did this in Cuffs and a couple other shows, movies. Got, when they break the fourth wall and they talk directly to the camera. You have me hooked. Yeah. <laughs> if you do that in a TV show or a movie, I will watch it 100 times out of 100. Oh, that's awesome. Well, there you go. So you now know our, our TV uh, thoughts and we'll uh we'll try to add some look more we just invented as, as we... pop culture and sports podcast well we did and i think uh, that's <laughs> that's why we're probably going to get all the episodes to, to come back people are just going to come back like we're going to get an extra 10 episodes after this um because we're we're selling people on what they want so there you go uh tv shows you can watch uh if you want to go back and watch old games with our favorite players in them you may be able to find them somewhere on youtube or on vhs uh somewhere if you still have a vhs player uh, there you go. Uh, all right, that'll wrap it up. Uh, we had a lot of fun on this episode telling you about our thoughts on the polls and, uh, man, our thoughts on TV shows and our favorite players. We covered a lot of ground. Uh, my friend, tell them what they need to know about your college basketball coverage, our college basketball coverage, and all that good stuff. Sure. Um, still doing stuff for Forbes. Just dropped the top five freshmen, like I mentioned. Did a couple things on St. John's in North Carolina over at Clutch Points. Have more stuff coming over there. Um, obviously, go to clutchpoints.com for the college basketball coverage. And follow me on Twitter at Joseph Nardone, N-A-R-D-O-N-E. There you go. And uh, all my stuff there as well, clutchpoints.com. Uh, a lot of SEC stuff lately just because I was at SEC Media Day last week so uh some features up there uh on a lot of different people i think i've done auburn missouri uh vanderbilt jerry stackhouse thank you to jerry uh we shouldn't we should have mentioned jerry as one of our our favorite players because maybe he'd share our stuff more uh like he did the uh the vanderbilt one so uh, sorry official cp brand ambassador (laughs) jerry stackhouse that's right jerry stackhouse sharing our stuff we appreciate that uh but yeah all our great stuff over at clutchpoints.com lots more uh, fun stuff on the way here as we move closer to the season be sure you subscribe to the podcast uh check out uh, soundcloud right now it should be up on the uh the other platforms here pretty soon so you can find it on there uh as well so uh we appreciate you guys listening uh be sure to subscribe and we'll talk to you guys next time here on cutting the net all around me are familiar websites worn out clickbait worn out hot takes Bright and early for the daily link dumps. No one's clicking. No one's clicking. Their page views are filling up their pockets. But not for writers. Not for writers. Hide my head, I want to do a slideshow. 
No tomorrow, no tomorrow. And I kinda find it funny, I find it kinda sad. The internet in which I'm worthless is the best I ever had. I find it hard to tell you, I find it too hot to take. When people blog in circles, it's a very, very mad internet. Mm.